What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode 80. Nice, even 80. I always love when we hit those even numbers. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined this evening by your other co-host, Dixon Butts, <laughs> also known as Travis. Travis, what's up? Not much. I'm really proud of that name. That's a great one. It made me chuckle as soon as you got in the lobby here. Uh-huh. A lobby, A lobby that works at insurgency <laughs> yes it sure does for the time being travis do you do you have the covid yet uh probably not mm. i don't you have been omicron no i haven't been omicron yet you have a what i haven't been omicron yet yeah but what were, what were you saying before that i don't have any symptoms Zero so symptoms when when will you be at like past day five because apparently it takes five days for symptoms like when when's that today oh wow okay yeah so like tomorrow i'm clear or well out of the symptom thing which is interesting i saw a post that said they have the time that you have to quarantine to five days so you can go to work now with covid but not without a vaccine and i was like well yeah because you have a vaccine so like (laughs) the point is to keep the non-vaccinated people healthy and they have an option to be healthy which is the vaccine so if they don't want to take it then that's their problem not mine like i need to go to work so fuck off Right, right. So you'll be back on the job on Monday? I have to go in tomorrow. Oh my God. Yeah, Saturday's my last day of the week, so I have to go in tomorrow at 8. Oh my God. Big day. Big day. Jesus Christ. So then you're off what, Sunday? Monday, Tuesday. Oh, because it's January, so now you're doing the real shit, the big boy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the real shit. So Uh, I still have 30 days until they'll let me work by myself. Well, that's probably a good thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> let you work by yourself for 30 more days either. Well, Travis, for the uninitiated, for the noobs to the show here, we are a weekly podcast where you and I get together and discuss all things PlayStation, such as news, rumors, new games, and more in less than 90 minutes. We post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the world, as well as YouTube where we also post game streams and clips. I've been uh, going a little crazy on that, posting quite a bit. Insurgency, chivalry, all kinds of stuff. I actually need to post some more chivalry this weekend if I have some time. And also, if you want to chat with us, talk with us, you can find us on social media, on all the usual feeds there as well, like Twitter, at the DualSense Pod, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and our blog which is the DualSense podcast.wordpress.co. We'd love to hear from you. Talk a little PlayStation if you'd like. So without further ado, Travis, let's mm-hmm. jump into the news here. And we have quite a bit to, to cover here, as you can see. We went from having literally almost <laughs> nothing to talk about to a lot to talk about. You have, a, you have a word in this first one that I'm not sure is spelled right. And if it is, I don't know what it means. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. There's so many words in the first one that it could be any. So <laughs> You literally have most of the dictionary in this first post. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to have to bear with us on this first one, but it's, it's necessary. So here we go. Number one, Sony peeled back the curtains a bit this week on their next generation of PlayStation VR, which is officially called PlayStation VR 2. They unveiled new details at the 2022 Consumer Electronics Show, where we also learned the official name of the headset's controller, the PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller. Sony stopped just short of a full-blown reveal 
as we did not get to see the headset itself or get a price or release date. Instead, they announced the full specifications for next-gen VR for the next-gen VR headset, most of which had previously been leaked online. PSVR 2 will offer 4K HDR with a 110-degree field of view and foveated or foveated rendering. Still don't know how to say that. With that. I think that's the thing where it can render whatever you're looking at more clearly. Uh, Like in real time, basically. Yeah, so wherever your eyes are looking, it can, you know, make the other shit in the surrounding worse. Uh, I I got you. You could could lock in on your eyeballs and see your focus point. I I believe so. Uh, It'll also include an OLED display with 2000 by 2040 resolution per eye and frame rates of 90 and 120 hertz. The headset also includes inside-out controller tracking, meaning that it does not require any standalone cameras. Other new sensory features include eye tracking, as I mentioned, headset haptic feedback, built-in 3D audio, and of course, the new sense controller that includes haptics and adaptive triggers. And mercifully, the PSVR 2 will only require a single cable to be connected directly to the PlayStation 5, allowing quick plug-and-play capabilities. Perhaps most importantly, however, is that Sony is putting the power of PlayStation Studios behind the project, as they also announced Horizon Call of the Mountain for PSVR 2. The project is a collaboration between Horizon developer Guerrilla Games and the newly acquired Fire Sprite. Not much was revealed about the game outside of a brief in-game teaser trailer, but Guerrilla did share that you will play as an all-new character and that they would be revealing the protagonist and more information soon. Former Guerrilla Games employee Chris James shared some post-reveal insight on Twitter, pretty similar to post-nut clarity, saying, quote, This has been in the works for a while. I didn't work on it, but I promise you this will change what AAA means for VR. It's amazing, end quote. And finally, rumor has it that the PSVR 2 headset will go into production soon, as website Pushsquare reported that a Chinese supply chain source claims that a company named Gore-Tec has landed the manufacturing contract with Sony. The two companies previously partnered on the original PSVR, and Gore-Tec also supplied parts for the PS5. Gore-Tec also produced the Quest 2 VR headset for Meta, better known as Facebook, and recently stated in financial reports that it expects to have a record-breaking financial year, thanks in part to, quote-unquote, one major Japanese partner, expected to ship around, quote-unquote, one to two million next-generation VR headsets. Elsewhere, an industry Apple Apple analyst, Ming-Chi Kuo, (laughs) claims that Sony will start shipping PlayStation VR 2 in the second quarter of this year. So, first of all, what is the word that you were referring to? And then secondarily, take it away. Whatever whatever you want to start with here. I didn't know what foveated was. Oh. And the more I bet it, the more familiar it sounded. Maybe mm-hmm. I have heard it before. Um, mm-hmm. I also didn't know what Meng Ching Wei was, but that's different. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, just name your kids Jared. Anyway, um, so you sent me I guess a, a Twitter post, you sent us a Twitter post of the new Horizon game in VR, and I was basically like on the top of a mountain in the middle of fucking Montana, and I didn't know that this VR thing had even happened. I didn't even know what day it was, so I didn't even know CES had happened. So I was like, what are you sending me? And then, of course, because I had like one bar, you know, because that's where, you know, you go to die. Sure. It didn't render the pictures all the way, so they were pixelated, and I was like, is this fucking like... <laughs> scaled for ps1 like what is the problem <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah then then actually went into twitter i was like oh <laughs> it makes a hell of a lot more sense yeah but yeah so 
I actually actually like what they did here because we kind of had heard all this stuff about what the VR2 was going to be. Um, like you said, it had been leaked out what the specs were and, you know, the, the 110 degree field, stuff we'd all seen before with the 120 hertz. So mm-hmm. it was nice that Sony, it seemed like they recognized that it was probably a good time to confirm those things. And they didn't show us what the headset looked like, but they did show us the controllers. They gave us a name. Um, they did all the things that they classically would do, right? Where they will show us a yeah. new product and explain it. But don't tell us a release date. Don't tell us a price. Don't tell us anything like that. They say, hey, here it is. Hey, this thing's coming. Let's get excited about it, basically, right? Let's confirm yeah. what we've already had leaked, which was beautiful. I love that. That being said, I'm excited the 3D audio exists. The eye checking is really cool. I'm, I'm, of course, the thing I'm the most interested in, well, there's two things. One is the headset haptic feedback. Um, mm. That's awesome. And that would be really cool with the immersion. And I've read a bunch of things that said that you know, like this is going to be a big p- component of the new Gran Turismo that mm-hmm. we saw here with this new Horizon game that is going to completely change kind of what AAA means for VR. So, like, those things are really cool. And I hope those things are true. I hope they're not just blowing smoke over our ass. You know, like the DualSense controller, I think, lived up to the hype. So, I have absolutely confidence that, you know, this, this piece of equipment will as well. So, yeah, it's exciting on that front. I'm interested to see you know exactly what it looks like because it's hard to imagine it with one cable right i'm excited that it's one cable because i hate cables and like for me to race you know i only have to use two cables to the playstation i i use the usb plug-in and then i swap my hdmi out but technically i could do it off of one cable so that's similar um one thing i hope it has which i didn't see um i actually played i played beat saber on oculus over christmas break Oh, okay. And one cool thing that the Oculus has, and I guess this is different because you're wired into the PlayStation, but it had, you could basically put battery packs on it as you play to keep it going. Mm. So you could charge one to plug one in, charge one to plug one in. Is this something that could be similarly done? You know what I mean? Like, I understand that I need to plug into the PlayStation to play. I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense. But one thing I was wondering was like, you know, is, is, is that going to be part of like a rumble pack, almost like 64, like, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's kind of yeah. what i was wondering was how sophisticated is this because you know most headsets all the equipment is kind of in the front part where your eyes are and if it's rumbling stuff around you and going into the headset like it makes me think like where are they hiding these little motors right right but anyway yeah no this is cool i'm excited and it's it's even cooler than i imagined mm-hmm. i'm excited to see like i hope they retrofit hitman 3 to it because it already has a vr mode i hope that the vr2 mode allows us to get some of these other secondary functions in that that are better i hope it the resolution's better almost like a remake i think one to two million i completely think just to just to sum up here one to two million is completely based on supply because i feel like if it's as good as what they were saying and what the hype says they will sell out right that's not a question mm-hmm. and people like me and you who don't have the first vr are interested in this one so i think that says a lot mm-hmm. and the second thing i have to say is the second quarter of this year seems really soon. I expected the last quarter. <laughs> so it, it does. I don't know if that will hold, but yeah, yeah, I'm optimistic. But yes, I am very excited when I went back and watched everything for this. It, it just made me more excited than I already was. Yeah, I, I think everything that they revealed this week sounds dope. And as someone who hasn't been a believer of VR in the past, you know, I, I have never owned PSVR. I understand that it's, you know, a cool product and, you know, there's some, there are some good games on it like Astrobot and uh, Moss and some others. I haven't been a believer, but this 
without having played this. Um, obviously, this sounds like a step in the right direction. It sounds like all the things that we need. You know, we need high resolution um, because I think some of the PSVR games now they look a little washed out. I guess is the word, like not as high fidelity. And I think that's, I think when the novelty of VR wears off, mm-hmm. when you're playing it you know, you want to be able to fall back on, damn, this looks really good. Like not only like, yeah, I get, I'm playing VR, but damn, this looks really good. So it also feels scripted sometimes when you play like, yeah, like you're on rails. Yeah. 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 So really excited about some of the things that I don't think that we knew. And the fact that the 3d audio, it's going to have headphones built into the headset. I think that's really cool. Um, the haptic feedback sounds very interesting. Um, hope it doesn't make me sick. <laughs> um, I did read something, I think on Twitter, uh, about the haptic feedback. I guess the thought is that, like you said, if you're playing Gran Turismo and, you know, you, you're taking a tight turn or whatever, that the headset will, you know, nudge you like, you know, so you'll mm. feel some of the G force cool. in a way, I guess, is the idea, that yeah. sort of thing. You know what's funny about that is most people when they race, um, and I I noticed that I didn't notice I did this until until I'd seen a video. <laughs> but like most people when they race, they lean anyway, like inherently. Like, yeah, if you're taking a left head turn, you're leaning your head in. Yeah, and like real drivers do it too when they're racing. And the fact that it nudges your head, like that's gonna be like <laughs> that's gonna be like a legit thing that's gonna freak people out. Yeah, I know, I know. I hopefully they've done it in, done it in a way that, like I said, it doesn't make people sick and. I'm sure I'm sure it will feel weird like the first time that you use it, much like the dual sense felt weird for the a little you know, when you first use it, you it felt odd, like feeling all of the different haptics in your hands and whatnot. It take took some getting used to. I'm sure this will be the same way, but it sounds really awesome. A couple other things that I think are really big, big, huge for this. First of all, they got it down to a single cable, which is huge because that's one of the complaints that I see and hear about PSVR is that it's just a tangled mess of uh, wires and you got to have this like box to plug it into the PS4 and so on. And even on PS5, you have to have another adapter to, to connect to PS5. So the fact that they were able to get it onto a single cable is huge. Also, one of the other big complaints and one of the reasons that I think that VR isn't terribly mainstream, you know, hasn't really grown on PlayStation specifically more than what it is. I think they sold about 4 million PSVRs of the original one, but is the lack of AAA experiences. And now it sounds like this is going to be a launch game. I would think for PSVR two is this horizon call of the mountain. It looks and sounds like a full blown AAA experience. Of course, the one thing that's difficult to tell in any VR footage that you watch you know, like a YouTube video of, it doesn't look like obviously what it looks like when you have the headset on. So I actually think the fidelity and the, uh, you know, the graphical power is actually more pronounced when you have the headset on than the video that they showed. But I think that's one of the challenges when you're trying to show off what VR looks like without Mm -hmm. to someone who is not wearing the headset. That's hard. Um, but I think that what they did show really looks awesome. Like you can just imagine having the headset on the big, I think it's called a tall neck. I can't remember. It's been five years. The tall neck comes across you. Like you can just imagine that you can imagine a Jurassic park game. You know, you can just imagine all these different things. So I think if that horizon game hits and it's a great triple a first party VR title, I think that's a, that's huge. That's a great step in the right direction. That's a great way to start. 
uh, off that headset. The last thing that I really want to say about it is, uh, well, I guess two things. First of all, I really hope eventually that they find a way to make this more than just video games. Like, I think that's that will also give PSVR some staying power. You know, more mainstream growth in that. If you can put the, if you if you can put the headset on and I can watch, you know, Netflix. Like, I can have it hooked up to my PlayStation, but I can watch, you know, uh, whatever the Dark Knight. Yeah. In in my or headset in a theater mode. You, like you could pay for an exclusive seat at a concert. Yeah, exactly. I can pay for a front row seat at a concert or a front row seat at a Lakers game or whatever. And I think we're headed that direction in general with VR, but I think that PSVR needs that too. Instead of selling 4 million units, maybe they sell 10, you know, which I think is a win. So anyway, I think they've got to get to that. They've got to get to music, you know, entertainment, film. They've got to get there to mm-hmm. offer those as secondary experiences for gamers. And for some people, the primary experience. Uh, and then the very last thing I want to say is quarter two, to your point, I, that's very soon. I've said on the show before that I thought this would be a holiday thing. You know, like typically like a console is this, this isn't a console. This is more of a peripheral. Um, so I would, I would, I'm like you, I feel like it's more of a holiday thing. I really think it's going to depend on COVID, obviously all the shipping issues that we're still seeing now. But at the same time, can you imagine if they release this thing in June when all and when we're having the online, we're having E3 and we're having all these publisher like Ubisoft's thing and EA's thing and Mm -hmm. all that. And then you just come out in the summer and you've got a new headset and then you've got a new, you know, Horizon VR game. So it could be huge. Could be huge about it. (laughs) No, it could be huge. And then you you announce, oh, Gran Turismo has a VR mode now and, you know, whatever. So I don't know. It's uh, it's exciting, but we'll see. We don't. I don't think we'll have to wait much longer. We the only thing we don't know, like I mentioned, is price. We don't know what the headset itself looks like, and it feels like we're going to get that at a like a like a dedicated VR state of play in a couple of months, and we're going to get to see a price, release date, headset, gameplay of Horizon, and probably a few more games that are that it's going to launch with. That's just my prediction. We'll see. Number two. The rumored remake of the original The Last of Us could be coming to PS5 this year, according to insider Tom Henderson, who wrote on Twitter, quote, heard from multiple people now that The Last of Us remake is nearly finished and could release during the latter half of 2022, end quote. Bloomberg first reported the existence of the remake last year, which was originally in development at PlayStation's Visual Arts Service Group before they were moved to a support role on the project once Naughty Dog took over development following the release of The Last of Us Part Two. Naughty Dog is, of course, also working on a standalone multiplayer title set in the universe of The Last of Us, with all of this seeming to eventually culminate with the premiere of HBO's The Last of Us television adaptation sometime later this year. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like we said in the post, like we said, you know, we've heard about this for a while. I think it will do well. Um, this is funny with these remake things. It's like, it's just like the trend right now, and I'm, I'm curious to see if it's the yeah. trend right now or if it is going to be a standard. It's just it's just interesting. Um, I read a post today about Battlefield that was like just remake Battlefield Four, bring in Battlefield Three maps, make it sixty four. Yeah, no wide open fields, dark and gritty. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but like they could also just make Battlefield Six like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can do that at any time. Yeah, but no, this is cool, and and I do like the strategy here. You know, Last of Us Two was a banger. Let's remake the first one. It'll be beautiful. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Maybe add some little tweaks to it. We'll follow that up. 
where you could stay in the universe, play the multiplayer game, and then the, the TV show rolls out. So it makes sense from a marketing standpoint and kind of a, a flow standpoint that you would bang these right behind each other. Yeah. You know, it seems pretty smart to me. That's how I would want to do it if I was them. Like, give something that you already know, which is the first one, then give us something exciting that people have been asking for, which mm-hmm. is the multiplayer in the universe. And then I think that I think the wild card is the TV show in all of this. And that being said, I'm not sure it's much of a wild card. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder, I, sorry, I was having a thought as you were talking, I, because something I hadn't considered, I wonder if we're also going to get The Last of Us Part 2, the definitive, or what do they call it, the director's cut, like you've been getting with Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding. Like, I just wonder if that would be something they would do. I don't know how much, I don't know how much better you can do with The Last of Us Part 2, and it's not like there's a, additional content that they could add. However, however. There are a couple of things. They can add support for the DualSense, obviously. They could also bundle in the director's cut edition of the game, the multiplayer game. So it could be a deal where The Last of Us remake, original, is is a standalone game. Mm-hmm. Then you got The Last of Us Part 2, director's cut. If you buy it, you get factions with it. So Like in Legends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Legends, I could see something like that. Or if you don't want to fuck with that, then you can buy factions on its own like you said it's 30 bucks or 40 dollars or whatever but uh at the same time that's i'm not totally sold on that either because they have the things that they've been saying are that you know they're making a big standalone multiplayer game they've been hiring all these people for it so i don't know it seems big but of course we we have no idea but the fact that all of this would release in 2022 is pretty wild to me but i do think it also makes sense to get it out either before or right around, at least during the time that the show is on HBO, because you just, you know, you want to, you're going to bring new people in, new fans in for that. And you want to be able to capitalize on that and have, have things for them. Like, oh, well here you haven't, you've never heard of The Last of Us. Here's the first game, the best version of it. Oh, and then here's the second game. And then, oh, when you get done with that, guess what? We've got a multiplayer game that we're going to keep you around on. So uh, makes sense, you know. Can't argue with that. I'm excited about the multiplayer. Don't think that I'll go back and replay the original unless it like really blows me away, which is possible. But those are really games, in my opinion, that you just want to play one time and have that experience, and then leave it be. At oh, least for I me, don't have an opinion like that. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to go back and replay. You don't. I don't know. I, you just need to have your experience. Remember it that way, and leave it. In my opinion. To each his own. Number three, Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch Productions announced this week that the Samurai game has now sold more than 8 million copies worldwide, which is a huge success story for the new IP. What's more interesting about this, however, is that Jeff Ross, the former game director on PS4 first-party PlayStation title Days Gone, claimed on Twitter that the open-world zombie game had outsold Ghost of Tsushima. He stated, quote, At the time I left, left Sony, Days Gone has been out for had been out for a year and a half and a month and sold over 8 million copies. It's since gone on to sell more and then a million plus on Steam. Local studio management always made us feel like it was a big disappointment, end quote. However, those numbers don't appear to be accurate as Ross later told Twisted Metal creator David Javi on his YouTube show that he used the now defunct website called GameStat as his source for those numbers. 
GameStat tracks PlayStation trophy data to calculate a rough number of players, which would skew the 8 million copies sold number significantly by including player data from used copies, PlayStation Plus versions, and even rentals. And finally, Ross also told Jaffe that Sony asked Ben Studio if they would be interested in pitching a Siphon Filter reboot, which they were not, but instead tried to pitch an open-world resistance game, which Sony had no interest in. Hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah, imagine imagine being this butthurt about something. <laughs> right. First of all, don't be a jack off. Like, use real data. Like, yeah. don't use like I, he knew before. He knew when he said what he said that it was taking into account crazy data from used copies and rentals and stuff like that. Like, he didn't think anybody would look it up. Let's be honest, okay? <laughs> and but the issue with Days Gone is a couple of things. I don't think Days Gone fits what Sony wants out of a first party and and. The first thing about that is they want things to be like God of War or like a Spider-Man exclusive, right? Where like it's hidden in the 80s or 90s on Metacritic and it's like universally loved and it's like The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2. You see what I'm saying? Ghost of Tsushima falls into that. Like Days Mm -hmm. Gone is like a 70 on Metacritic. Like that's not going to cut it for what they want. And sometimes you just don't hit the mark. Sometimes you fail. And usually, you know, to me when you don't succeed, you should work on getting better, not be a butthurt bitch about it, which is what this guy's being like. I don't get his, I don't get his viewpoint at all. There's this Twitter post I said, I saw earlier that said, you know, it's not that it's a bad game, but it doesn't fit with what they called the prestige strategy of Sony, which is what they want their first parties to have a prestige to them. And days Mm -hmm. gone really to me, doesn't feel like a game that carries that weight. It feels like a, it almost feels like it's a game from a couple of generations ago. Like it's, I don't really know how to explain what I mean by that, but it almost feels like it's like when Ghost Recon put out the last game, it's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's okay. You know what yeah. I mean? That's oh, what yeah. it felt like to me. It just doesn't hit the mark. And I feel like this guy is just, I mean, it's like the fifth time we've heard him harping on Ghost of Tsushima and how it's unfair. Well, like, why is it unfair? It's, it has Ghost of Tsushima sold more copies. It has a, it had a bigger fan base. It has better ratings. It's better reviews. It's been bought to be put into a movie directed by the guy from John Wick. Like yeah. I think that it's that's what Sony wants out of their first parties. And if they don't want that, they'll let you know. They wanted yeah. Days Gone to be this, and you didn't hit the mark. So yeah, of course they treated you like a failure because you didn't hit what they wanted. You know. And then the last sentence here, it just seems like Sony said, "Hey." I think you could hit a pretty good mark with this with Siphon Filter. And they get, they were still butthurt about Days Gone. So they're like, fuck off. How about this game we want to make? And Sony's like, well, we let you make a game you wanted to make and you failed. So no. <laughs> yeah. I So I have a couple of thoughts here. First off, as you alluded to, the, this, the Jeff Ross guy and the other guy, John Garvin, who are like a couple of the big higher up, like creative director and game director, they have... I won't say they've not stopped talking about this since they've left Sony Bend, but they definitely have a little bit of an axe to grind, even though they say they don't. I think they're respectfully grinding their axe uh, when they can. They're picking their their spots to do so. And I understand feeling slighted and, you know, maybe being treated unfairly, having your game canceled, you know, maybe maybe being pushed out of the studio, so on and so forth. I get all of that. At the same time, it's clear that the data th- that this guy used is not totally accurate from what I've seen on Twitter today. The more accurate number is probably between the five to 6 million range. So a couple of million less than that. And 
you know, that's about the same amount of copies that Death Stranding sold. Why don't you make that argument? You know, you're treating <laughs> Death you're treating Death Stranding like this and that, and probably letting Kojima make a sequel for it. And we sold the same amount as that. Why don't you make that argument? Not mm-hmm. the not the soup du jour, which is Ghost of Tsushima, which which is successful by all of the metrics that you just mentioned. A movie sells, fan reception, Metacritic, all that. So yeah, you know that you're pick you're not picking the right fight if you if you really want to do it. Even to your point about Kojima, first of all, it's Kojima. They're going to let him yeah. make mistakes. Absolutely. Um, and two, he's Japanese, and even though they're based in America, they're still a Japanese company. So, like, yeah, you have to understand where you stand in life, and I don't think these guys do. I just don't. Yeah. And from a studio who makes, and a company who makes billions of dollars, I think when a game is being produced, they have a pretty good eye of knowing when you should bail and when it's not going to work. Like, that's their job. So, yeah. like, it's just like when we're at work. Like, you can tell pretty quick if a new hire is fitting in or not, mm-hmm. or if somebody's got what it takes to be good at a job and you can call them out pretty quick, mm-hmm. they probably realize halfway through the build a day is kind of like, look, this isn't going to be a terrible game, but it's not what we wanted, but we're mm-hmm. too far down the path. Right. So that's, I don't know. I just think they have to realize where they are in the world and they're not doing a very good job of that. Yeah. Let's also keep it real for a minute on a few things. First of all, the game is average. Okay. I've tried to play the game at least four different occasions. Like, start the game over. I've tried at least four different times to do it and I can't get through it. The story is okay. The acting is pretty average and the game's too fucking long. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like 80%. If I remember right, I'm like 78% done with the main story and I still haven't fought a horde yet, which is like the thing that people praise the most about it is the horde mechanics for zombies. Which, don't get me wrong, it looks cool, but I have yet to fight one. Yeah, or I had yet. Pay, I want to have. I don't want to pay 40 hours for your signature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it has its issues. It has pacing problems. It has acting problems. The writing is okay. The gunplay is average. The melee combat's average. The best thing about it is driving the bike, which they, they did great on that. So, at least there's that. Secondarily, they gave review copies out too early. They gave review copies out for the game when the game was in a broken state. People that reviewed it, they I think they put out review codes like three or four weeks early. Now, maybe Sony made them do that. Maybe they sabotaged them. It's hard to say. Either way, they did it. They put, they put the reviews out, the review code out of the game in a state that was not playable all the time, so it got knocked a lot in the review scores based on that, which drug the review score down. I will give them credit. I think if they reviewed it today on PS5 running 4K60, that it probably would have a higher average Metacritic score. I will give them that. But that doesn't fix all the other things that I just mentioned, at least to me. Now, some people really love the game. Some people also hate Red Dead Redemption 2, and it's my favorite game of all time. I was going to say, yeah, some people love the movie Corky <laughs> Romano. It doesn't make it the Godfather. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. So when you're Sony and you're trying to build this brand of, like you said, prestige titles, when they want every major release to be a big tentpole thing, to have all the attention of the industry, to have all these high review scores, talk about how well done it is, it's a masterpiece, yada, yada, yada. Days Gone's the odd man out. Now, finally, for me to wrap up here, the the biggest thing, in my opinion, that people have to understand is Sony PlayStation already has a zombie game. 
a series of zombie games and a studio, mind you, working on a multiplayer game live service title for that franchise, which is The Last of Us. Sony Bend and Days Gone, they're the odd men out. They don't need two zombie games. They just don't. And one is objectively far and away better than the other. So if you're going to have a zombie game in your first party stable, then you might as well let it be The Last of Us. If you're going to have a game that is, has multiplayer components, which if you remember the sequel pitch for Days Gone 2, the game, the second game was going to include multiplayer online components. Mm-hmm. So if you're Sony, why would you do that? It's just, it does, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't make sense for them to do that. So I, I, I get it in that respect. And I guess is the last thing that I'll say, but it does suck that they didn't get to make that resistance game though. <laughs> so I'll say that. Number four, rumors and reveals abound this week, Travis, regarding new PlayStation 5 functionality that is coming in the future. For starters, Sony Interactive Entertainment president and CEO Jim Ryan revealed at CES 2022 that a new quote-unquote tournaments feature will be coming to PS5 this year as Sony continues their big push into esports. Additionally, website Pushsquare reported that Discord beta testers have spotted the ability to link their PlayStation account to the service, perhaps hinting that the announcement they announced that Discord, excuse me, and PlayStation integration is not far off. And finally, other rumors online claim that a new PS5 firmware update is imminent and may include features like variable refresh rate, support for 1440p resolution, and more. What do you think? The tournament thing is pretty cool, but I'm not good enough at any game to play tournaments, really. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give me tournaments for racing, so that's not really how that works. So not too interested in that. And, you know, well, I think it's cool, I am... I always worry about the kind of tournament thing because I don't want more Fortnites and PUBGs. I just I don't need more war zones, and I feel like that that lends itself so well mm-hmm. to tournaments. That being said, I typically love arena based shooters. So that's why I like Splitgate so mm-hmm. much. So you could have tournaments on that, sure. But again, I'm not enough. I can't. I'm not good enough to do those things. But it's it's interesting that it's there, and it it'll be good for the company. I think. Uh, I'm just worried about. Uh, you know, a push into tournaments and esports. I'm worried about how that can skew the types of games that get made in the future. Um, I think that's something to that they should try to balance, and hopefully they will. Again, and then the firmware update sounds great. 1440 would be awesome. Uh, variable refresh seems like something that they should have. You know, we we keep inching closer to what we kind of see with the CPUs in in a sense. And if you know, once Discord is integrated. You know, we, we could eventually get to the point where, uh, you know, a, a PlayStation is functionally a PC in a sense. We'll see, though. Yeah, I think we're not far off from that. I think I don't quite understand the Discord integration, like what that all means. I, I In my mind, I feel like it makes crossplay easier. Like if, if I wanted to play yeah. Rainbow Six or whatever with Jacob on Xbox, like, and I don't want to be in the game chat, you know, I can be in Discord in a chat room is what I feel like. I feel like we need two monitors at that point. Yeah, true. So, but may, I don't. I also don't fully understand Discord anyway in general. So I feel like there's a lot of features that I don't know. I'm too boomer, I guess, for that shit. But maybe I'll understand it better very soon. And as far as tournaments, that's not really for me. Whatever. I understand that's their big one of their big pushes. That's fine. I think the variable refresh rate is huge. That means that you know games that aren't like locked 60 frames or whatever that may dip or whatever it doesn't do that like weird like clipping like juttery thing you know it kind of smooths that out so i think that's that's a, a great feature that we need and uh yeah so it's i don't i don't know when but it sounds like it's coming 
probably in the first half of the year as far as this PS5 firmware update. Definitely before VR2. That's a great point. Uh, that is a very good point. Number five, Sony announced the new additions to the PlayStation Now service for the month of January. Now available on the service are Mortal Kombat 11, Final Fantasy 12, The Zodiac Age, also known as The Zodiac Killer, the 2D platforming roguelike game Fury Unleashed, open world zombie sandbox game Unturned, 2D pixel art action platformer Super Time Force Ultra, and spacecraft construction simulator Kerbal Space Program Enhanced Edition. What do you think about the lineup? It's not terrible. There's some interesting games there. I mean, obviously, the first two, Mortal Kombat and Final Fantasy, will bring some people in. Mm -hmm. You know, then we get some really fun ones. We get, you know, Ted Cruz killing people, and then we got the Brad Pitt movie as a video game. So that's exciting. I will say that the Kerbal Space Program is interesting to me. I've watched some videos of people playing it on YouTube, but it's not awful. Like, it's just it's just an interesting game. There's not a lot of games like it, and there's a lot of kind of like free play within it and problem solve. It's kind of interesting. You should check it out if you're into like, uh, what do you want to call them? like simulators or building games stuff like that. It, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 I think is the biggest one. Um, the sad thing is that all all of these are obviously the PS4 versions of these games. So you know you're not getting the prettier PS5 version of Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I did try the Fury Unleashed game for just a little bit. I'm not going to talk about it later because I didn't play it all that long, but played it for about 10 or 15 minutes. It's not a bad game. It's a neat little uh, twin-stick platform shooter. It's kind of cool. Super Time Force Ultra, you can also play it on the the Vita, if you wish. And yeah, it's it's not a great month, but it's okay. I guess Final Fantasy XII is a big one, but, you know, again, that doesn't really mean anything to us. Number six, we also have bunch of news nuggets here as well. Travis, feel free to join me. First nugget, website gamesindustry.biz reported that GameStop has plans to launch a NFT and cryptocurrency marketplace this year and will ask select developers and publishers to list their tokens on the platform. No. The death of GameStop finally by NFT. <laughs> yeah, I got some NFTs in, in uh, Montana. Did you? Non-functioning testicles. <laughs> yeah, you did riding those snowmobiles, huh? Next nugget, UK-based publisher Team17 announced over $100 million worth of acquisitions, including all rights and assets for World War II multiplayer shooter Hell Let Loose from Australian developer Black Matter. The deal can be worth up to $62 million with incentives for Black Black Matter, who confirmed that they will continue to work with Team17 on supporting Hell Let Loose. That's pretty cool. As long as Mm -hmm. Black Matter is still working on it, that would be <laughs> key here. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want them to lose any kind of access to the game, but the idea that some guys with British accents make this game now is fucking hilarious to me. I know. It, uh, they got paid, though, those guys, so good for them. So it's, it's a great game. Also, Guerrilla Games shared a new PlayStation blog post this week detailing the tribes you'll encounter in Horizon Forbidden West if you're interested. I am going dark, as can be on this. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported that Bioshock creator Ken Levine's next game is stuck in quote-unquote development hell at his studio Ghost Story Games. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that Antoine Henry, the associate director, or it's probably Antoine Henri, the associate director on Ubisoft's pirate game Skull and Bones has departed Ubisoft Singapore. That game, dude... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know people were like they just need to cancel it they just need to cancel it and then yeah, i don't know if you saw i reply to yeah. one of them like they can't bro that singapore government will have will own their ass yeah they literally can't cancel it. that's the best part of all of this yeah it's never going to come out though 
Next nugget, a new PlayStation patent filed in the U.S. describes a player coaching system that would identify when a player has, quote, fallen below a skill threshold, end quote, which would then trigger hints to aid in them. <laughs> Can you imagine this on, for us on Call of Duty? We just like, be faster. I'm like, I fucking can't. Yeah, exactly. Get good. Okay. Delete. Konami announced this week that they are jumping into the NFT space as well, creating what they call the Memorial NFT Collection, featuring 14 unique artworks from the Castlevania series that will be auctioned off on January the 12th to celebrate the series' 35th anniversary. So, RIP GameStop, RIP Konami. Just wake me up when this is over. (sighs) Fucking A, guys. What a joke. Website Push Square reported that Platinum Games developed action RPG Babylon's Fall has gone gold ahead of its March 3rd release on PS5 and PS4. I don't think anybody's excited about that game. Publisher 505 Games announced that Death Stranding Director's Cut will be coming to PC this spring. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is now available on EA's Play subscription service on PS4 and PS5. Pokemon-esque RPG Monster Crown is still coming to PS4 in 2022 after it was delayed beyond its original October 2021 release date, according to the game's official Twitter account. Co-op action RPG The Ascent has been rated by the American ESRB, further cementing that a release announcement is imminent. That game's pretty cool. Insomniac Games has hired Brittany Morris to work on Spider-Man 2. Morris is the writer of Spider-Man Miles Morales' prequel novel, Wings of Fury. Yeah, people people seem excited about that. Mm, yes, interesting, unrelated. Speaking about women, <laughs> um, I watched this show that was like the Korean version of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm. The dude asked the crowd. And for some reason, he gets asked multiple people in the crowd, and <laughs> it was who's the author of this book, and this woman told him, she's like, I'm 100% sure it's this person. And he was like looking at her, and he was just like, I'm going to go with B instead of what she said. And the guy's like, why? And he's like, I don't trust women when it comes to important decisions. And then <laughs> then the answer was B. He was right. <laughs> wow. So he was right. To, his gut feeling was right that she was wrong. That was right that she was wrong because she was so certain and she was a woman. He's like, that means she's wrong. <laughs> brilliant. That's brilliant. Let, the, let that lesson be learned to you young lads out there. Next nugget. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that PlayStation Insider Tidux has claimed that PlayStation Studios are working on a, quote, exclusive action stealth open world game. Metal Gear Solid 5 meets Splinter Cell, and you can approach the mission however you want. Guns blazing or never seen, end quote. I'm not really sure I know what that means. It sounds cool, but I also don't know what it means at the same time. I'm going to tell you what it means. It means it sounds fucking dope. <laughs> First of all, and this is what we fucking need. Let's go. We need this yeah. right here in our veins, boys. Uh. Are you sure? Or is this like with somebody, is this like the invention of the sandwich where somebody was like, hey, <laughs> let's put a whole meal into a handheld thing and it's fucking brilliant. Or is this like, hey, let's put pineapples on pizza and like some people <laughs> like it. You know what I mean? Like which one yeah. is it? Listen, let me put it to you this way. We're not going to get into another Metal Gear Solid game. Okay. Ubisoft's going to fuck up Splinter Cell. We know that they're they're making the remake, but they're gonna fuck it up. Who do you trust to make a single player open world game? I mean, not a woman. Your boys, <laughs> not a <laughs> Korean female. No, you trust your homies at PlayStation. Let's fucking go. Like it depends on what the studio is. If it's Sony Bend, that's their new IP. Then I don't know, trepidatious. But if it's somebody else, like. Santa Monica, or I don't know, somebody, uh, Sucker Punch, maybe. Oh, yeah. Man, I hope this is true. This is a rumor, of course, but let's hope it's true. 
Also, Paul, oh boy, Rustchinsky, the former director of PlayStation exclusive Drive Club and former MotorStorm developer, has stated that he will reveal his new game this year, but it will not be related to either of the previously mentioned games. A new South Park video game appears to be in development for consoles as a new job posting for the game's lead level designer was discovered and explicitly states that the video game will include multiplayer and be set in the world of South Park. The Electronic Software Association has canceled their in-person E3 event for this year, although industry insiders claim it was never going to happen in the first place and that the ESA is now using the resurgence of COVID as an excuse. RIP E3 right up there with GameStop and Konami. Games Beats Jeff Grubb claims that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 will be released prior to whatever E3 does. <laughs> elsewhere, yeah, elsewhere, Bespin Bulletin, it's some type of Star Wars website, claims that Fallen Order 2 is targeting a fall release while the Knights of the Old Republic remake is set for 2023. Yeah, being a huge nerd, Star Wars nerd has to be great. Like, there's always something. Uh, yeah. something to read to play to watch there's websites there's four there's always something for you like yeah like there's no excuse to not have something to do right that's a good point i i i'm fine i'm a i'm a passive star wars fan also website playstation universe reported that the following games received update patches this week assassin's creed valhalla genshin impact final fantasy 14 and dead cells so if you're waiting for something to be fixed Check those out. Xbox era co-founder Nick Baker, who we always talk about on here, has claimed on Twitter that according to his sources, Half-Life Alex, the beloved virtual reality game, will come to PSVR 2 at some point. That would be pretty huge. Also, in a recent radio interview, Hideo Kojima re- revealed that he is working on a AAA game that, not, that everyone can enjoy, and that he also wants to make a smaller project that is not an open-world shooter. And he also shared that Kojima Productions is making an anime. So that doesn't sound like Death Stranding 2 <laughs> to me. And the smaller project that's not an open world shooter is abandoned. There's that. <laughs> and then uh, an anime, I think, who knows what that'll be. Maybe it's a Metal Gear. No, it's probably not Metal Gear Solid. Who knows what that could be fucking be. That guy's all over the place. Also, Returnal and longtime Housemark support studio, Climax Studio. Hmm is hiring a, a little sexual, is hiring a senior level designer for a, quote, AAA project for a first party publisher, end quote, most likely meaning that it's Housemark's next project for PlayStation. Amazon Prime's Fallout television series will begin production this year with Jonathan Nolan, the, the brother of Chris Nolan, directing the first episode. Great, his brother. That's awesome. <laughs> Get excited. Like, yeah, is it, like, is it like George H. Bush's brother? You yeah. just drinking all the time. Like, is it going to be a good brother or not? That's a lot. I don't know anything about Jonathan Nolan, but I can tell you I've never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's done stuff like Westworld yeah. and others. Okay. Well, I'm okay with it then. That makes more sense. So, yeah. So he's like Jeb Bush. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's more like Jeb Bush. That's great. He's, he's, he's doing his own thing. He's doing great. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Co- right. Correct. PlayStation timed exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo from Tango Gameworks has been rated in Korea, meaning a release is not far off, probably the second quarter. EA Motive, the developer behind the upcoming Dead Space remake, has started hiring for a second project as well. Journalist Jordan Midler claims that publisher Square Enix and PlayStation have more timed exclusives in the works that will potentially be revealed this year. 
People are really excited hoping that this is Final Fantasy stuff, but can you just fucking imagine, Travis, if it's Fighting Force Reboot? <laughs> Exclusive on PlayStation. Let's will that into existence. Also, CyberConnect2, the team behind Demon Slayer, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, and Naruto Shippuden, Shippuden, whatever, revealed that they will announce a new game in February. For all you nerds. Electronic Arts Director of Communications Andy McNamara called Battlefield 2042 fan expect- expectations quote-unquote brutal, responding to people complaining they did nothing over the holidays. Yeah, and this goes back to people saying that people in the generation younger than us are pussies, but it clearly starts with their parents. <laughs> Correct. I mean, what a, what, a, what a great director of communications. You just tweet out that your fans are fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, sure they are. I mean, you ex- I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. I every, mean, it, every fan is brutal because you, they have expectations. And when you promise and undersell, it's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, absolutely. It's, I mean, it, it is also fair that, you know, they're on holiday, on, on the Christmas holiday. They weren't, you know, they weren't there, whatever. Like, sure, I get it. People need to take time off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are more frustrated generally from what i can see on twitter at the communication even prior to christmas and just com- right. the communication in general so yeah it's like we we really like rush okay we're gonna take it off yeah oh, wonderful oh it's, yeah and they, and they tweet out like a, a a helicopter crash in some smoky island and like it's some lore that we're all into i'm like that's the fuck you're talking about <laughs> like can you just make the game work like can you make the game make there be a skill gap in the guns as opposed to like they, none of them have kickback or like where the vehicles aren't so overpowering. Yeah. They've always had that problem, but it seems like it's worse now. Yeah, the fucking M5C Bolte tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. Anyway. Also, Travis, Electrician Simulator was announced to be coming to PS4 and PS5 at some point in the future. Look out for that. You can go be an electrician all day and then come home and be an electrician. You know, I didn't know I was going to be an electrician until 1982. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, me, either, me either, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let me drive the work truck into a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> let me trip out on Quaaludes and crash into my boss's Corvette. Oh, and then drive home. Drive a fucking Valkyrie rocket home. <laughs> oh, we'll tell that. We'll tell that story. <laughs> Maybe we should tell it uh, real quick. So, where Travis and I used to work, long story short, in the maintenance department, there was a gentleman. His name was Ricky, I think. Very nice guy. Very nice man. Mm-hmm. He was always at the basketball games that we were working at, uh, working the games, and as a as an as an electrician. And he was he was t- telling us a story one night, and it was dragging on and on and on, rushing us with a story. Yeah, he was just destroying us with a story forever. And like we literally had stuff to go do, like <laughs> for our job. And anyway. He also was telling us the story, and he had like an eighteen-gallon cup from a gas station. <laughs> he did. He had. He had like the forty. He had like the old seventy-sixer. Like it was the biggest damn mug I've ever seen. Who knows what was in it? So we joked that he had, you know, like alcohol in it. And come to find out, a few weeks later, maybe a month or later, maybe longer than that, it doesn't matter. His boss, the person who oversees all of the maintenance at at the place we worked, he drove a Corvette, Chevrolet Corvette. And this gentleman, Ricky, backed the work truck uh, straight into the Corvette of his boss, <laughs> damaged it pretty pretty badly. He didn't know he did it. 
didn't know he did it and drove off on to uh, work or whatever. And anyway, uh, he gets in trouble for it, obviously. And they send him home. I don't re- I, th- I guess it was that day, I think, or maybe the next day when they figured out who it was. Anyway, they send him home. Did or did they drug test him that day or did they send him home first and then drug test know. him later? I they drug tested him at some point. Yeah, well, they sent, I think they sent him home first and then they drug tested him later on. Come to find out the guy was like on like painkillers, like quaaludes or some shit, like big time. And so they sent him on the way home when he got sent home. he I think he T-boned somebody at an <laughs> intersection like literally two and a half minutes from work. <laughs> he, so he backed into the Corvette. Parked the work truck, got sit home, got in his own car, gets to the light, t bones somebody because <laughs> he's high on quaaludes or whatever the hell. <laughs> oh, man. What a time. Poor guy. I think he cleaned it up, though, supposedly. Anyway, let's get back to the, the news in hand here. We're a PlayStation podcast, after all, guys. Website Gamatsu reported that the PS5 version of River City Girls will arrive on January 18th in North America and Europe with PlayStation 4 owners able to upgrade for free. Bethesda Softworks will host a live stream event for the Elder Scrolls Online on January 27th with a look at new content. Developer Neckcom Games announced post-apocalyptic action RPG Shawa, Shawa American Story. Shawa American Story for both PS4 and PS5, but no release date was given. I watched the trailer for this and I am mildly intrigued but it is very japanese and very odd in that way so i don't know you get bored you should look up the japanese drawings that explain the american revolution they're pretty fucking outrageous oh god like george washington protecting his wife from the invaders and like i think john adams is like fighting a snake (laughs) it's really weird god jesus and finally travis website gamatsu reported that square enix developer team asano the team behind the Bravely Default series and the upcoming Triangle Strategy revealed that they have multiple title announcements and releases planned for 2022. And that is all for the news this week. I'll now turn it over to Travis for just a few new game releases. On the 4th, we have Breakneck City, Deep Rock Galactic. On the 6th, we have Demon Gaze Extra and Heavy Barrel. All right. And that's it. That's, a, that's at least all that Push Square told us about. So. Obviously, I think the biggest one there is Deep Rock Galactic, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. So let's start to wrap things up here, Travis, by discussing what we have been playing. I know you've been gone to the the great Wild West of this fine country, but have you played anything? And take it away. Uh, yeah, so I played uh, played a little Battlefield. Remember the heli- were we in a helicopter? We were in some kind of plane, and we immediately died. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, you just we got did. an Osprey gun or some bullshit, and we immediately got shot down. It was incredible. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Always. No, it wasn't too bad. Um, sniped really well one game actually. I had like twelve sniper kills, which is better than you know we were doing breakthrough at the time. So twelve on the map as quick as we played was actually pretty good. I mean, we were motored through that map, the one with the wall in the middle. I don't think we. I think we might have spent fifteen minutes on that map. I mean, we were just yeah. crushing those assholes. Anyway, um, yeah, like you know, like we said before, the brutal comments about Battlefield are warranted in some degree, and I, and a lot of that's frustration because you know we were promised to get all these different things like tsunamis and earthquakes and this that, and the other, and then we mm. get it and it only has tornadoes, and then you know <clears throat> it's not as polished as it could be. There's server issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, you know, it feels like they tried to do too much. 
you know, with the scale of everything, it seemed like they were doing it because they could instead of if they should. So yeah, there's some fair gripes there. I, I understand all of those, but it, it's not a terrible game. And I think, like we said before, in, in July, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> That's unfortunate though, that it'll be almost out for a year before it's actually normally functioning of course battlefield 5 had a similar trajectory so maybe that's what we should expect from them at this point right play a little fifa up the difficulty to pro because i was murdering people on semi-pro it was ridiculous so put it on professional and it's like hit or miss there'll be games where i win 4-0 and there'll be games where i tie there'll be games where i lose i haven't quite figured out what happens and why they're like that because sometimes i just can't do sometimes i can and yeah, you know, we're playing the lowest tier in Europe or in England. We're in, in, in League Two. So probably part of it is my guys are like 50 and 60 overall. I get that. But so are the other guys. So right, right. they're hitting world-class strikes from outside of the box. That's really frustrating. Because mm-hmm. he's like a 52. Like, why is he doing that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, it's been a lot more fun. I'm, I'm professional, a little more challenging. Um, I tied with Arsenal. I'm sorry, I tied with Leicester City and then lost in a shootout because I couldn't stop any of their kicks. And it's incredible. Like, it was a professional, and that's how hard the penalty kicks were. I, I mean, yeah, I couldn't do anything with, with the kicks. So, uh, But anyway, uh, that was fun. That was exciting. And then we played a little Deep Rock Galactic with our little gnome men or whatever they are. Uh, <laughs> downloaded the game, didn't know there were spiders. I'm not excited about the spiders. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to tell you about spiders beforehand. Yeah, so. thanks. Um, mm-hmm. They aren't too bad. The thing that they, there's just so many sometimes, and it's oh, like, oh, yeah. like you said, like we just got to get the fuck out. Sometimes you just we just got to go. Like yeah. you can't kill them all, right? No, I haven't really understood where they come from yet. Like it'll just say you've hit a pocket of them and they'll start coming out because you've opened up a little den or whatever. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish there was a way that I could see them better. Like when I hit the pad and I could see the outline of all the open caverns and stuff i wish there was a way i could see like okay there's like red over here don't drill into that Mm -hmm. um but then people would figure out how to play the game and never ever right deal with them that's part of the game i get that but anyway i was playing with the driller i like my little drill guy i have little drill bit arms that are pretty cool my flamethrower is a lot of fun but uh yeah you know it's not bad it's it's fun but that's all that's all i've really been into nice well, I'll I'll start there because we played at Deep Rock Galactic together. I've been very excited about this game. So glad it's on PlayStation now. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I also enjoy it quite a bit. I I love a good co-op game, and it's different. You know, it's not just a shooter. Like we're doing stuff where you know we're mining and we're trying to survive, and we're looking for certain artifacts or whatever. And um, I think the atmosphere is cool. Like I like the little hub. Like drilling station or whatever is going on and um, I, there's actually like a surprising amount of depth to the classes that I didn't realize that it had as far as you know you can have different you can unlock different weapons you can customize them you can upgrade them so on and so forth uh, really cool I, I like it a lot um, I don't know if John will ever try it with us or not but I definitely hope that we can mix it in with insurgency and, and kind of flip flop and Go back and forth amongst those, but really, really like the game, and I, I like what they've done with the the dual sense controller, and it's got some adaptive adaptive trigger uh, feedback on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Also played. I'll just work backwards here. I also played Hot Wheels Unleashed. I picked that up. It's on sale. Tried to help John with some trophies. He uh, going for the platinum. 
and played that for the first time last night. And I already thought that it was going to be cool. And so far it is better than cool. It's, it's really fun. It's, um, I'm surprised. I told John, I'm surprised by how good it looks. Like I think they've done a really good job with like the lighting and the HDR implementation and the cars look just like the real like hot wheel cars and um it's fun it's just a fun little arcade racer i like getting you know the the little boxes where you get you open up and you get random cars that's fun um i've got like the toaster one i've got a cadillac seville just all kinds of random ones and yeah it's fun i like it so far i I haven't played any of like the campaign mode or anything like that i was just doing like quick multiplayer races with him to get the get the trophies for that so yeah we'll see if i continue to enjoy it also played fifa 22 still working on my manager's career with bradford city i'm into league play i'm in august i'm in the league two play i'm like seventh or eighth in the table i signed a right back because i hated the one i had he was like always out of position and felt like he never was like in the play or in a position to make a play that was annoying me so I bought someone else. The game definitely plays and runs and looks better than uh, the one, the last one, I guess, 21. So it's a significant upgrade, I think, in those regards. And I also am playing on professional and I also lose occasionally. I feel like it's a good balance, though. Like, <clears throat> you know, we play on All-Star sometimes on 2K. Mm-hmm. And there are times where it feels like that's not balanced very well. It feels like all of a sudden there's just a huge difficulty spike. Like on FIFA... I feel like I'm challenged. I feel like if I lose, it's my fault. Like you and earned it. Yeah. I feel like I've earned it or I feel like uh, it's my fault if I lose. So mm-hmm. I think they've got it balanced well in that regard. Yeah. And there's still some times too when you like do something where you get out a little bit and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are just, you guys are getting fucked right now. You should just tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I like it. And then uh, we did play some Battlefield 2042. Like you mentioned, you did snipe a shit ton of guys that one night. It's not a terrible game, but I would still rather play Insurgency right now. Right. <laughs> if it would work, we that's not on the list because we couldn't get it to work. We couldn't invite each other. So there's some type of glitch going on with it. Uh, but then the last thing I played was NBA 2K22. After I had talked about, I think, that I was done with it for now because I needed to make room for Horizon. I'm still going to have to do that eventually. But... The day that I had decided that I was ready to kind of break away from it for a while till like later in the spring or summer, you know, when you get in the mood again for a basketball game, they released new cards and they had a diamond Carlos Boozer from my beloved Utah Jazz and you could evolve him into a pink diamond. You just had to hit 15 three-pointers with him. So that sucked me back in like the Godfather. I got him for dirt cheap on the auction house. Because his Evo of 15 three-pointers came with a caveat that his three-point rating was a 40. <laughs> I grinded it out, though. I'm happy to say I did get my 15 three-pointers. He's now a pink diamond, and his three-pointer is now in a 93 uh, yeah, <laughs> with a shoe. So he is insane. He's an insane card on that game. So anyway, that's what I did on there. But yeah, that's it. I still played quite a quite a bit. I was still on vacation, uh, not this week, but last week and, you know, last weekend. So I was still kind of milking it a little bit. So yeah, hopefully insurgency gets fixed this week so that, uh, we can get back on that. I'm ready to play some co-op checkpoint on there, but 
Anyway, that's all we got this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so that you have an episode waiting for you every Monday on your feeds. Also, if you would rate, review, heart, star, whatever you do on your podcast service, we would be much appreciated. And finally, most importantly, if you would share us with a friend or a loved one who may enjoy PlayStation podcasts like this, we would be much, much appreciative, very appreciative, I should say. And we'll get out of here now. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.